What's up, guys? Here with you with FC Wonder Kid Podcast 23. Here with my guy, Bretson. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. It's always good to be here. And uh, episode 23, uh, hard to believe. And lack of a whole lot of midweek action means that Alex is going to force me to rank really hard things and i don't want to do this i'm this i'm being i'm doing this against my will guys i'm just kidding <laughs> basically what brendan <laughs> is here on about is we need to know no you guys were asking us who are your top five lists of players in the world right now yeah and to be fair that is a reasonable question to ask because who are the best you want to know who are the best so before we talk about that Everyone that was mentioning now, Oli out, you're, you're crazy, he should stay, he's, he's changing the club. Look what just happened. Look what just happened, okay? I just wanted to say that before the top five because that wasn't what United fans want. Because okay? he's, your, he's obviously your number one, <laughs> right? Well, <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, so, no, I... I um it, it, it's it's tough, but we don't want to make enemies here, right? Mm-hmm. Come on, true, um, true. And, and, and there might be a way forward uh, with all this, but I, I'll tell you what. I mean, you're going to have me rank top five in the world. You're going to have me rank uh, what? We're going to talk about the World Cup today and possibility of every two years. This is going to be we're going to be arguing a lot. I have a feeling. What do you uh, think? Yeah, we, we might, we might. So. You're, you're hyping me up, so who's your number five in the top five best players in the world right now? You know, I I think – so you and I have a fundamental disagreement on ranking these top fives right now. Uh, I want to do it via inform, but I will do why – don't, why don't you say your top five, I'll say my top five, and then we can go through them. Do you, you want to do that first or uh, – or do you want to go one at a time? You want to go five, five? Okay. All right. Well – Top five in the world right now, um, for me, my fifth, I'm going to go with, and this is going to, you're setting me up for failure. I'm going to put Leo Messi because he hasn't played yet. He's barely played for PSG, okay? Um, and I'm doing mine based on form at the moment, okay? I, I, I'm sorry. And what I'll do is I'll, once we get through it and, and through the things that I've prepared, uh, maybe I'll go back and I'll list them per your rankings, um, but yeah, no fifth in the world for me in terms of form is, uh, Leo Messi, uh, taking into this early into consideration, this early, early season and the fact that he hasn't played much. Um, but yeah, Messi's messy and Messi's gonna messy. Uh, but ultimately if you're asking me who my number five is kind of everybody at peak form, I'm going to put Holland at number five. Okay, so Holland right now is at peak form, a top five player in the world right now for you. Uh, yeah, I think based on his importance to to Dortmund, I think uh, based on the fact that he's involved in every damn thing, he's breaking goal scoring records left and right in the Champions League, in the Bundesliga. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the only thing he's missing there, and it's going to be kind of the Lewandowski effect in this situation, is. You know, he's not going to ever really have the quality of a national team. Sorry, Norwegian fans uh, that, you know, a Messi has or a mm. Ronaldo has or a whatever. So you take that kind of international um, unless he can turn him into a golden generation of golden generations uh, like in Belgium. Uh, so, yeah, you know, Holland's five. But based on his current form, you know, I would actually have him as high as three. Uh, versus putting Messi at five. So I'm like confusing this whole thing. Um, but what, what's your, who's your number five? My number five in the world's best right now is Kevin De Bruyne. Why? Okay. Because Kevin De Bruyne first needs to be mentioned in the top five of whatever. Because he's, in my opinion, the best midfielder in the world, as you were mentioning, in peak form. Kevin De Bruyne can go to any team even though, even so, to a Man United that people sh- compare Bruno Fernandes with Kevin De Bruyne, if you have their at Man United Kevin De Bruyne, they'll find a way to start him, okay? Mm-hmm. Because he just makes the difference. Creativity, vision, he's at his own level. Yeah. So he's on my top five. He's my number five. Okay. So number four. Number four. Well, I, I get, you got to go yours first right now. Okay, so... My number four in the world right now is a player that sadly 
I'm not going to put him at number one. And like it's he should be number one in the world right now, considering like what I was thinking five years ago. Yeah. And that is Neymar Jr. Uh, he had a big development. I'm not gonna imba- gonna be bashing here anymore, saying, "Oh, he became a worse player at PSG," mm-hmm. but he became a very different player at PSG. Yes, he had that amazing run to the Champions League final, but he didn't win it. And for the simple fact that he didn't win it, I won't put Neymar ahead of Ronaldinho. The moment he wins the Ballon d'Or, I'm 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 okay to have this conversation. Okay, but right now. I still can. So, sadly, I'm putting Neymar at four in the world right now. But ugh, there you go. Yeah, th- that's why this is difficult. That's why this is difficult. All right. Well, I'm basing mine off of current form. Okay. So four for me is going to be Cristiano Ronaldo. And if we don't actually preface that, I'm going to get burned in the comments. I I, 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 I am ranking. I am ranking this based off of current form. And sorry, he's part of a squad that uh, that can't beat Aston Villa. Apologies. Uh, so well, he's got, how many goals does he have, though? Yeah, I mean, how many penalties does he have? But that um, gives credit to the goals that he has with a squad like this, right? Well, okay, but you compare him to the top three, and there's no way you can put him based on current form anywhere close to these top three. Okay, what? why? I, why though? Right now, well, wait until my top three is announced. Okay. You got to wait till my top three is announced. But I mean, if we're going to go all-time top four in the world. Uh, everybody peak form, four mm-hmm. would be De Bruyne for me, okay? And and mm-hmm. to be honest, I think he's like the only number 10 that I have on here. I have him instead of Neymar. Um, I, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that uh, you can slot him in anywhere and he will yeah. he will be part of the team fabric, but he will also take a game and turn it on top of its head uh, in, in one fell swoop. So, um, that, see, I'm confusing myself in all of this, but four, <laughs> for me, I... four for me in current form is Cristiano Ronaldo. And I know I'm going to get killed in the comments, but <laughs> it does not mean that, you know, CR seven is, uh, the, the fourth best player in the world. If everybody's peak form. Okay. Okay. But Okay. So we, you're, we've you're already, number... yeah, we've already said my three. So I'll just bring it up again. Three in current form, not peak mm-hmm. form for me, is Erling Holland. All right. Erling Holland has 69 goals in 68 matches for Dortmund. Okay. He's already got, I've already lost count. We know who he's fighting against, you know, in the Bundesliga golden boot uh, race. But you add 19 assists to that. I mean, this kid has very much, uh, he's got a Lewandowski and a Zlatan mentality kind of all tied into one. He never settles. He's the type of guy that, you know, we've, we've seen it happen before. He says, Hey, uh, you just scored, you know, two goals today. How do you feel Erling? And he goes, well, I should have gotten the third and the fourth. Right. (laughs) And the fact that everyone that we name here, everyone that we name, he's seven or maybe, you know, five to like 10 years younger than everyone that we're going to name in the top five, regardless of peak form or current form. Okay. That just tells you all you need to know about what kind of future he has. But it is kind of funny, like, we, we, we're not even, I don't know if you're going to mention Kylian Mbappe, but uh, no. current form right now, Erling Brad Holland, uh, he's killing. I'll, I'll be honest, Bretton, Kylian yeah. Mbappe isn't a top five player right now. Oof. He isn't. I put Salah ahead of Mbappe, okay? Mm. Okay, right now, in terms yeah. of form, I put Salah ahead of Mbappe. I, I put Lukaku ahead of Mbappe. Yep, okay. Uh, I think that's not too bold. I think Kane is, he's not better, but it's, it can be a conversation too. Okay. So, but I'm, I don't want to drift off. So my <laughs> number three is Lionel Messi. Okay. Lionel wow. Messi. Wow. And I'm not going to be calling him Pessy like a lot of comments that I see in 433 have, yeah. but uh, I am going to say he's being a bit exposed because he is in an uncomfortable situation at PSG. Okay, with a manager that I don't know that there seems to be it doesn't seem to be working. Okay, with that substitution that happened, yeah. Uh, I I don't know, but Messi, of course, he is the best player in form. But yeah. obviously, in the world top five right now, I put Messi in the third slot. Okay, in the third slot. So so peak form though, you would still keep him three, or you would put him up to one. 
peak of the peak. Are we talking peak of the peak? But... We're, we're confusing the issue here. We'll have to listen uh, at the end. And, <laughs> and, and that's, talking... that's my fault. You and I had, the, had very uh, different ideas on what the homework assignment was, but that's okay. You, um, but three, Lionel Messi. And hey, for every person that calls Messi mm-hmm. Pessi, there are people out there that called Ronaldo Pinaldo. So um, it's... it's uh, Well, they call him Pinaldo, but who missed the, the penalty today? It was Bruno Fernandes. Well, that's true. Okay, so he has the attitude to for Brun Fernandes to take that penalty. Yeah. Okay, so let's. I don't know. I honestly, it's it's a good combo we can have here. So that yeah. Messi is in my number three position. Okay. So okay. top two. Yep. Top two talk. Top two talk. So you go first or me? Uh, you go ahead. You go ahead. Okay. So number two in the world right now, El Redistud Christian Ronaldo. So, uh, why do I put him at number two? Because I'm seeing the beginning of this season, and you mentioned it. Mm -hmm. This United squad doesn't have the coach. Okay? United are playing without a coach compared to a Chelsea with a Tuchel, Man City with a Guardiola, and Liverpool with a club. Man United have Ali. Come on, guys. Please see what's happening, okay? Imagine. I'm going to put this out there. I'm going to go bold. If Zidane goes to Man United, mm-hmm. he has a direct impact in having Varane at center back, having a player like Bruno Fernandes, having a Sancho, having all these players. They look up to Zidane in a different type level, okay? Sure. And I do think Zidane would find interesting the Real Madrid job. Uh, the Man United, Zidane would find interesting the Man United job yeah. because it's an historic club just like Real. He doesn't need the paycheck. He wants titles and he wants to be in history. So I'm going to put Ronaldo number two and thinking too that Oli might leave at the end of uh, this season and he'll go bold with the, with the new coach too. So okay. I'm, I'm, I believe in Ronaldo saving Man United this season. So okay? you, did, you did like saving. a hybrid. Yeah, you did a hybrid of, high, uh, of uh, top form, peak form and uh, current form as it stands. And yeah, the only thing standing, I guess, in Ronaldo's way and, and United's way is a proper steward of the club. Um, uh, hell, I'd even take Carlo Ancelotti. Uh, Carlo Ancelotti and what he's done with Real Madrid. I feel you. At United right now because I feel man, you. you just need... It's, it's, uh, it's yep. tough to watch when you see Vinicius uh, carving through defenses. Uh, they need a little injection of confidence there at United too. So uh, Zidane, Zidane at United would be... I, I would be here for that. I would really in, enjoy that experiment. Um, uh, but anyway, my number two, based on current form, not on peak form, um, is going to be Kareem Benzema. Uh, I mean, eight That's goals, eight, eight goals, seven assists in six La Liga matches. Real Madrid looks like a different squad. It actually looks like he has a supporting cast. He's been a different player since Ronaldo left a while back. He, I, I mean, just look at this. Third. 30 goals last year, nine assists. Uh, I think it was 27 goals the year prior and 11 assists. And this year he's on pace for, I don't know, like 60 goals. We know he's not going to wind up probably with 60 (laughs) goals. But Carlo Angelotti actually came out and he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I I fully expect Benzema to be somewhere in the 40 to 50 goal range, right? Um, And... They, he, he leads the top five leagues in goal-creating actions, which I know is a relatively new stat that not a lot of people take a look at, but it does give you an idea of he's also setting people up uh, at the same time as taking his chances. And what he means to Real Madrid, right, yeah. is just, it's virtually invaluable. I mean, I mean, he is indispensable to them at the moment. And if Ancelotti can somehow get something out of Gareth Bale, injured, uh, get something out of Eden Hazard, which we've started to see a little step up in form from him. Um, and the, the common cast of Cruz, I mean, common world-class cast of Cruz and Casemiro and all them. Um, I mean, Real Madrid looks great. And th- th- what solidified it for me the other day, talking about current form, uh, was the Frick. Did you see the game, midweek game with him, uh, Mallorca? He's got two Mallorca defenders Asensio. tracking him into the 18. And, oh, yeah, and Asensio. <laughs> And he backtraps the ball. He like takes his freaking shoulder blades and he does it on purpose. It looks like he does it on purpose. He then rounds the ball, puts it in the back of the net. And you're like, come on, 
this this guy is peak form. I'd love to see him do it for the French national team too, which we didn't see much of it at Euros. Mm. But Kareem Benzema, eight goals, seven assists in six games currently. Uh, he's my two. Benzema needed that time too. So he's unfairly judged to the French national team because he just didn't have the time. Yeah. So Benzema yeah. is a stud. And actually, you mentioned it. He adapted so well after Ronaldo left. I was thinking he would be the player that would leave in a rebuild. Mm -hmm. But I am shocked with how he's adapting to every new style of play. Yeah. Because he, he's staying there. Okay, a lot of players he, coming. Luka Jovic is coming. He's yeah. staying. So Benzema is a very good mention, but I don't. I won't. I won't put him at two. That is bull, Brenton. That is bull. But... Current form. Current form. <laughs> Current form. So I'm gonna say my number one, and as you may guess, my number one in the world right now is mm -hmm. Levin Golski, like Golski, as Thomas Muller once said. So. I'll just say a stat, and you you guys will fully understand why. Uh, yesterday was the first match. Robert Lewandowski hasn't scored a goal since February February eleventh. What a chump! That <laughs> that is insane. Okay, so <laughs> we are used to seeing. So the guys, <laughs> we are used to seeing Ronaldo uh, Lewandowski scoring every week. Yeah. Okay, so I'm a Bayern fan. Oh, Lewandowski's gonna score. Oh, Lewandowski's going to score. So only this week, since February, it has stopped. That mm -hmm. is insane. And I just wanted to say that if Robert Lewandowski doesn't get a Ballon d'Or in his career, it's embarrassing because he sure deserves it. Yeah. Robert Lewandowski deserves to win a Ballon d'Or. Okay? Yeah. Last year, he deserved it. And maybe in this year, he does too. I believe it. He's my world number one right now. Okay? I mean after 48 goals last season, he's already got 11 and eight games this season. And uh, even current form or peak form, uh, it, it sounds like you and I are aligned because uh, I have Lewandowski at number one as well. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he's easily the best natural goal scorer in the world right now. Um, and, I mean, he won the European Golden Sh 48 goals. Uh, 48 mm -hmm. goals, okay? But I do have to ask, like, taking the other side of things, Right. Due to Bayern's dominance in the Bundesliga over the last almost decade now, right? The last, I think the last person to win the Bundesliga that was not Bayern was Jurgen Klopp's Dortmund. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think so too. Yeah, yes. I think so. Yeah. Um, so how much of this is the fact that Bayern is such a well-oiled machine versus like, basically, I, I guess what I'm getting at is if Robert Lewandowski was picked up put in, say, Manchester City squad. Mm -hmm. Would he still be putting in 11 goals in the first eight games of the year or 48 goals a year? Very good point, Bretton. And I'm now thinking maybe if Neymar was at Bayern Munich five years ago, he would have fought four Ballon d'Ors. Yeah, it's a possibility. <laughs> so that, that is, that's a very nice point. And in a top, five, top 10 list, I'm putting Kimish and I'm putting Lewandowski there. Sure, and sure. They're, they weren't expensive players to Bayern. And they developed them into becoming expensive players. Yeah. So it's not like getting Messi and Neymar like PSG got. Bayern yeah. actually developed them. Okay, yeah. so and here's the crazy thing. Here's the crazy thing. They never even needed to sell, right? <laughs> they didn't need to cash in on any of these guys. Um, and True. and that's that's the thing. Um, they. I'm trying to think of others that they've been able to. Hell, if they wanted to, they could sell off Kingsley Coman for probably 50 million, 60 million if they get him healthy and they get him a goal or two, and then boom, ship him off. But ultimately, I mean, just the business that Bayern has done and the dominance that they've created in the Bundesliga has created this well-oiled machine. And that well-oiled machine is very much so Joshua Kimmich, Thomas Mueller, still kicking after all these years, and Robert Lewandowski. I mean, I it's just, and Manuel Neuer, but I mean, that's just, it's just such a class foundation that it's, I don't know. Well, We're never really going to know unless Lewandowski moves on, whether or not he can do it elsewhere. And I think he's the type of guy that, I, I don't know. Do you, do you see him moving on? I know there was talk about I Chelsea. Do. And, I, okay. I, th I do see him moving on because players do get sick of it and he's in a routine. Okay. Yeah. And if you see Lewandowski, he like, he is the type of flirt that I would compare with Ronaldo in terms of physical shape 
and yeah. focus, okay, overall in, in his body. So uh, that's the thing. I wouldn't say that Lewandowski, it would happen, what happened to Thiago Alcantara, because Thiago mm -hmm. Alcantara at Bayern Munich was the best midfielder in the world. And now he's not even in the top 20 list, maybe. No. Okay, that is... That is bold, but that's yeah. that's the talk that we could, top ten. I don't know. It's so, but I don't think that would happen to Lewandowski because I do think he he he's more rigid with himself. Okay, sure. so and, and here's the know. thing. With all that said, with all that said, and and me going over that as I try to rank these, um, he's still number one on both of our lists. You know, yeah. uh, you you can take him. He, Thing is, is he is just a class, class, class player, and and uh, yeah, I I hate these exercises. They make me ang <laughs> they, they make me angry at myself. Um, so but, let me just say, everyone that's listening to the video, if you have a player that you think should be in the top five, comment down below and justify why. We love a good talk, and yeah, there you go. So next topic. Yeah, let's do it. So the next topic is. Wonder the most expensive Wonder Kids Eleven by Transfer Market. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting list. And for anyone thinking, oh, the best goalkeeper must be Donnarumma. No, he's not twenty one anymore. He's twenty two, guys. Yeah. So he's not anymore in the under twenty one list. He's graduated. So, <laughs> exactly. So I'm gonna say the the team yep. in a four three three scheme with an attacking midfielder. So. Goalkeeper is Ilan Meslier, left back Alfonso Davis, center backs Fofana, and then we have three players with the same pr price: Lacroix, uh, Sven Botman, and Badbashil. Yep. Three amazing center backs. Then at right back we got Reese James, two CMs, Pedri, and Foden, mm -hmm. and at cam we have Jean Felix. At left wing Jaden Sancho. And at striker, Erling Haaland. Right winger to finalize, Ferran Torres, with the same price as Mason Greenwood. So, goalkeeper, do we agree with it, Ilan Meslier? I, um, yeah, yes. <laughs> I, 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 to be honest, I, I think uh, more of an impact for their team because he's playing European is mm -hmm. Anatoly Trubin. Um, but you've got the premier, the reason why Meslier is in there is he's worth 20 million according to transfer marked. Uh, whereas Anatoly mm -hmm. Trubin's only worth eight, and that's simply because of geographic location, right? Yeah. <laughs> One's and in league. Ukraine. Yeah. League. league. Uh, yeah, I, I and league. Think. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, it's it's the league, you know. It's so yeah. uh, I think Ilan Meslier for sure. The development with Bielsa is noticeable, mm -hmm. but I want to say to the listeners, watch out for Diokost at Port. Okay, this kid is slowly becoming the the keeper for Portugal, and even he's not. Under 21, I think right now. I think he's 22. But Luis Maximian had a really good performance with Granada too. But yep. Diogo Costa, he's the under 21. Yeah. Watch out, guys. You were really excited about that uh, Luis Maximiano uh, uh, game the other day. <laughs> you, you texted yeah. me. That I, first I, half. Yeah, that's great. Barcelona, no chance to score. He was everywhere, like a yeah. cat. Like he was really good. That's awesome. It's really good. That's awesome. So, and, and and Diogo Costa, that's a that's a good shout as well. And I, I think there's some others that we have to throw in there, like an Irsen Destanoglu. Um, I don't know if I said that Turkish last name correctly, but uh, he's obviously been pretty vital um, for them. Martin Vandervoort still um, for Genk um, in in the Belgian uh, Pro League. And then um, I mean. The other one, unfortunately, he was just sold. I think it was Dogen Alamdar is another Turkish goalkeeper to watch out for. I think he just joined Stad Rene. I mean, Stad Rene is just like snap. They're literally playing football manager. <laughs> just snapping people up. But I think when it comes down to it, it's Meslier. You could make an argument that Anatoly Trubin and Meslier are, are, are mm -hmm. similar in terms of um, actual uh, uh, talent. Mm -hmm. um, but Meslier playing on the stage, Leeds United, Marcelo Bielsa uh, putting his confidence behind him. Uh, yeah, I can understand why he's in here. So, left back? Yeah. <laughs> so, Alfonso Davis, do you agree or disagree? Well, I, I obviously agree, but uh, I, I think we know that there's, a, a, there's going to be a, a slight disagreement here between you and I. <laughs> Mate, you, you know, people know, Nunminch mm -hmm. is my left back, yeah. uh, my under-21 left back, and... It's not for people say, oh, 
you, you're just being picky. No, I, I really believe it now because what you're going to see this season, it's going to happen. And saying Nunez versus Alfonso Davis, we might see it in a game in the Champions League. So yeah. uh, I'm very hopeful. I'm very hopeful for what's going to happen for him. And I'm going to mention it previously uh, again. Bruno Fernandes left for 60, noon for 40. It's going to be the same. It's going to look embarrassing for Sporting in terms of deals. So left well, back, noon mint. I mean, it, these are these are slam dunks here. It is. It's either it's either Alfonso Davies or it's mm -hmm. it's Nuno Mendes. And exactly. beyond that, you have some. You have Rayon Aitnori who plays for mm -hmm. Wolves. You've got. Uh, you could put um, Josco uh, Gavardial who plays center back and can play on and the wing. Back, yeah. Adrian yeah. Truffer, uh, Brandon Williams, but none of these guys are up there yeah. with either of those two. And yeah, you're right. This is just a, um, a snapshot in time at left back uh, of Alfonso Davies, who who obviously has dealt with injuries over the last few years for Bayern, but obviously he's got a Champions League under his belt and a bunch of Bundesliga titles, whereas Nuno Mendes is coming up. He's coming up. He just made his big move to PSG. And once that success starts to roll for him, uh, something tells me 40 million is going to go to 80 to 90 to 100. Exactly. Um, exactly. But exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's it, Bretson. I'm coming around. I'm coming 40 around. He's going to 80 million for new Mitch. <laughs> I love it. I love uh, it. Know, okay. We'll see. We'll so, see. <laughs> center backs. So, center backs. we got uh, Wesley Fofana. Uh, I'm going to say Lacroix. So, do you agree? Yeah, this is a peak form thing, right? Versus current mm. form. I mean, yeah, when Wesley Fofana was Leicester City's like main man, he was just phenomenal until that injury. And uh, so I'm absolutely fine with that. That's obviously a product of the league as well, as we know. Mm -hmm. um, and LaCroix right now for Wolfsburg in the Bundesliga has been phenomenal. I'd pick him probably currently mm -hmm. over Sven Botman right now. Um, okay. But I got to say coming up, man, Saliba has looked phenomenal for Marseille. Yes! Arsenal fans! Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. agree. I agree. Yeah. Saliba's looking different. Yes. He's looking different. It's a redemption story for Saliba. Like I hope it's so. the second loan. Pressure. Like yeah. if if he if he if it didn't succeed now, he wouldn't succeed later, in my opinion. And that Marseille in, in a top, team, top level. Yeah, Sorry. and that Marseille team is fun to watch. And and I uh I, I sincerely hope it's it's consistent this whole year, and I really do hope for Arsenal fans that next year he's starting right next to Gabriel um, yeah. with Ben White or whatever. You know, I, 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 then you start to look at it and you say, "Wow, this is a young center back core that we can grow with and get really flipping excited about." Um, so. <laughs> okay, so I agree with Wesley Fofana being mm -hmm. because he's so dominant in the Premier League at such a young age. Unfortunate injury. But he'll come back stronger, guys. Yeah. Uh, but the other center back, yeah, I was leaning before the years with Sven Botman because mm -hmm. I love Sven Botman last, last season. But I might sound biased, but I love Gonzalo Inacio at Sporting. And yeah, sure. a player for Ajax was Julian Timber. Yeah. I like him too a lot. Yes. Okay, so... And Badia Shield, ah, he's good, but... Mm, I think I think long term these two that I mentioned, Gonzalo Inacio and Timber, they're gonna be at peak peak. Uh, they'll they, they'll be at the world's biggest stage. Yeah, Timber's so... yeah Timber's um versatility is is what makes it there too. But Inacio, that's a great one because it's uh, because I'm gonna go bold here, Breton. I'm gonna tell you here, Gonzalo Inacio is the best passer in this in, in all these players. He's the best passing center back under 21. In the world, Gonzalo Inacio. Okay. I mean, I'd, okay. I'd actually probably agree with that, and I haven't watched too, too much of him. But Trust. Uh, GPS right. radar, pinpoint, Gonzalo Inacio. Yeah. Fair enough. Very, very good. Oh, okay. Only other guys that, that would be listed here that, that would really have a Guardiola. shout. Yeah, yeah. Eric Garcia, uh, Mohamed Simakan, who's starting to come around for Red Bull Leipzig. Big win for them today. Jesse yep. Marsh, hang in there. Um <laughs> Uh, funny thing is, is you know, what did uh, Chelsea get for Mark Gahey? And I think he's only on here for like a $10 million valuation. So <laughs> I think Crystal Palace paid like $20 million extra. Um, but yeah, I mean, these are all guys that haven't yet. I, the only other shout when he was peak form last year is um, the Albanian center back for uh, Roma. Yeah, Marash Kumbula. Um, yeah. I really have, when he's peak form, he's phenomenal. Uh, I don't think he's quite there yet. 
Um, but I do think he'll get there under Mourinho. So um, I, I'd watch out for him. He was only 25 million um, compared to these guys. But I really like your shouts of uh, Timber and Anasio. And I would even add in there uh, Tangi, Tangi Lanzu from. Um, oh, Bar. Oh, but I'm waiting on it. Yeah. I'm waiting on it. I've been waiting <laughs> on it too much, Bretton. Come on. I got. I, I, for me to mention, they, they need to be showing me. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to throw one in there, a little biased, because he just uh, registered an assist today, and he's he's starting for Hoffenheim. Chris Richards uh, is not quite over the 21 hump, so he's, he's still in this. He's probably more like eight, seven million. Byron Loney to uh, Hoffenheim. He's looked pretty damn good so far. So, yeah, uh, Chris but Richards no. is a stud. Chris Richards is a stud. He's going to be, okay, he's going to be, yep. Okay, right. so Hoffenheim, like, like he's that's it's it's working out. So left back, uh, right back. Sorry, we can't disagree. Reese James, right? No, I don't think we can disagree. Yeah. I mean, here's where there's if there's a weak spot in the world, most expensive eleven for U twenty ones, it's right back because you got Reese James, mm-hmm. you've got like Serginho Dest, but then it goes to guys that Max are Aaron. playing for yeah Max Aaron's, Tariq Lamptey. But then you go to guys that are really playing well right now, like Jeremy Frimpong and uh, Divine, Divine Wrench. Wrench. Yeah. Divine Wrench. Uh, I, I mean, those guys are going to – they're they're in that, like, preliminary stage of the Nuno Mendez ascendancy, right? Um, so uh, I, I like I, – I can't go – hopefully that Reese James injury today is not that bad. Uh, but Reese James is the man, U21, right now. Yeah, 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 for sure. At right back, like that's that's there's no dispute right there. No. So no. this the midfield talk. So the trio, just a reminder, is João Felix, Foden, and Pedri. Very attacking. So what's your under twenty one trio in the world right now? Ooh. Most expensive. Ah, uh, well, I'm gonna pick two kind of. I, I mean, Pedri and Foden <sighs> seems right to me. Uh, but uh, <laughs> based, based based on current form. Based on current form, I think you and I are in agreement that it should be Bellingham and Camavinga. Mm. And then at attacking mid, to be honest right now, I, I think João Felix is the only one that we would all agree probably shouldn't be there. That's a product of his 105. I know you want it to be true, but mm-hmm. uh, I have to put currently Florian Verts at AM. Ooh, and- I like it. And at the, the double uh, CM, I'm going to stick with Pedri, but I'm going to put Bellingham next to him currently, right now. And I'm going to launch out Foden, get rid of João Felix, and somehow Camavinga is not in there. And Chuamani is the other one that I feel really bad about keeping out. So what do you think about that? Am I going to get killed? Well the, the, you're, you, well, the one I feel bad keeping out is, is Camavinga and Graven Birch. Oh yeah! Oh geez. I I, I feel Good. bad like keeping Raven Birch because I think Raven Birch would be slotted in right now in a Barcelona team and would would change how things look. Yeah. yeah. That's how confident how he is. So my midfield, I have Pedri. Yeah. Because Pedri is in the Golden Boy talk. Sure. And I got Jude Bellingham too because okay. Jude Bellingham is like the number two in the Golden Boy talk, which will be another talk soon. Yeah. Uh, but at Cam, Wirtz is impressing me a lot at the beginning of oh, this season. Right yeah. But I still think Foden is in a different category to every single youngster in the world. Right now, I think Mbappe, Haaland, and Foden are in their own level. Yeah. Okay. I feel like I feel like Greenwood is touching, Vinicius is touching, Felix wants to touch, like Fatih's close, but Foden, Haaland, Mbappe, they're on, on their own level. So having Foden at Cam, I feel that's perfect. And uh, yeah, just like you, I, I, I like I like your mention. And I just want to end up by saying, Felix, man, I, I believe in you. I, I really believe in you. The amount of times I'm here preaching, please, man. It's 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 now. It's the time, okay? And if it's not gonna happen this season at Atletico, it's time to go, okay? No more. And he'll look different somewhere else because he'll have more pressure yeah. to, com- to compete. Uh, and yeah. he'll have pressure to decide the right move. Okay? He'll have pressure in that sense too. And, and the, the funny thing here is that we didn't even really mention Jamal Musiala 
Um, yep. Uh, Dominic Sobislai, who's been, you know, he's been, he, he's showing glimpses again. He's going to Arena. Gio Reyna. <laughs> and I think you've got some smaller league guys that can make a shout. I mean, anytime, mm. uh, anytime you outshine a Messi or a Akimi or, uh, a, yeah. you know, any of those guys, a Charles de Ketelaer needs yep. to be in there. And, I, and I'm going to, I'm going to give a shout out to Crystal Palace's Connor Gallagher. Um, this, this kid has an engine. He's a tackler. He's a, he's just kind of like a fulcrum. Um, that you can use there that pops up, scores a goal, has an assist every once in a while. That's another mm. Chelsea transplant, Crystal Palace. That's that, bold, I, I know, I know. And I, I get bold. it. He's, he's nowhere <laughs> close to these guys right now, but he is, I, I, he's just a player I really like. And I, I, I could, I don't know. I, I just enjoy him. Sorry. No, I have a, to announce a... it. And Max Zones Cacare is a guy I still believe in, <sighs> even though Leon does not look like the team that's going to be phenomenal this year. Maxwell's Cacare is a guy that uh, any team can build around, in my opinion. Very nice. Um, so, man, that is a stacked midfield U21. <laughs> that is just stacked, though. I, that, I don't means even... we're, that means we're safe for the future right there. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and, like, we'll if, if in the Wonder about. Kids highlights, we'll mention even more players that, like, Gavi, just saying. And in future under-21 lists, we're going to mention for sure. Absolutely. So, trio up front. Uh, Sancho, Holland, and Ferran Torres or Greenwood. Do you agree? What's your trio? Okay. <laughs> All right. I am comfortable with, uh, based on current form, I would actually put Vinicius at left mm -hmm. wing. Mm -hmm. um, instead of Sancho, I understand why Sancho is obviously, he's valued yep. at 100 million to transfer marked, but I would, I would definitely have Vinicius. Uh, Ancelotti's Vinicius. Uh, yeah. And then up top, I got Holland. I have no problem with that. Um, right wing, I would definitely put, um, ooh, I'd put Greenwood over, um, I would put Greenwood over Ferran. I thought he actually looked decent today in that loss. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know, but Ferran is, Ferran's good too. Oh, this is too hard. <laughs> um, so, yeah. What's your trio? So it's Vinicius with Ancelotti, yep. Holland, and Greenwood. That's correct. That's my trio. Okay. Yep. That's a nice trio. That's nice. a nice trio. Yeah. Uh, my trio is a bit different because there's a player that I really, 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 really love. And it's the type of player that I feel like if he was playing at Chelsea Liverpool, I think he ah, – this is bold, but I think he could slot in at Liverpool – for sure coming off the bench. I know where you're And going. I'm going to say Jeremy Doku. He, in my opinion, should be in the top, in the top, like he should be in the trio up front in the under 21 list for me. Because yeah. Jeremy Doku is the best under 21 dribbler in the world. No doubt. If you see that Euros game, okay, that Belgium gets eliminated, he mm. was doing everything and anything for Belgium to go through. So at 19, seeing that and going to a team, Stadtren, that feel like they're, an, no, that look like an ambitious club, sure. signing potential players, they signed the cream, the cream of the pot, the cream on top of the cake. It's Doku, okay? And he's, he's, he's a baller. So my my trio is Holland, Doku, yep. and Jaden Sancho. Okay. But. Jaden Sancho, you got to wake up because right now, Mason Greenwood is better than, than Jaden Sancho, okay? So I'm saying this hoping Jaden Sancho's showing what he showed at Dortmund, okay? And another reason to, to say something is wrong, something is happening at Man United, okay? Because yeah. you, know, have, you have a player that was top leading assists, okay, in the world last season. And now, not even close. Okay, so there you Fair go. Enough. Sancho, Holland, and um, and uh, sorry, Sancho, Holland, and Doku. And that that front three, I mean, that's where first off, that's where a lot of the money is, right? We obviously overvalued our attackers, especially young attackers. So it, think about the players right now that are in form that that aren't getting a shout here, and that's because there's only three spots mm -hmm. in this particular tactical setup. Uh, you don't have Bakayo Saka. You don't yes. have uh, you don't have Moise or Ansu Fati who yes he's back right according yep. to uh, Barcelona's Twitter he is back you don't have Dusan Vlahovic 
You don't have Anthony or or Dayan or uh, who knows, maybe Ancelotti can work some magic with Rodrigo. Um, But Damsgaard or Jeremy Pino. I mean, these are guys that are pretty in form, but yeah, you don't have that um, boost yet. And consistency has to be an issue there. Uh, But Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, this is this is why this exercise is actually fun to me, uh, at least more fun than trying to rank the top five players in the world right now. Well, if if Holland isn't there, Vlahovic is in my team. Okay, yeah. I think Vlahovic is the number two in the under twenty one striker position. I agree. Because like that number nine at the back of his shirt, like it looks so fitting. It does. So. It does. And and the only other guy you got to give a shout in there is a, a up at top up at the top is Kareem Adeyemi. And we know why yes. his value is not going to be up there just yet um, because yes. he's playing for Red Bull Salzburg. But man, Kareem is, he's balling out for Salzburg. He is. So. For sure. Yeah. Is. All right. So man. any player that we didn't mention guys, and you feel like should be in this 11 comment down below. Okay. And yeah, just tell us why, because as said previously, we like a good chat. Yeah. So I'll tell you what, I just had an idea in the future maybe next next season coming around we need to do like a fan you know fantasy football right Mm -hmm. and i know there's fantasy premier league there's fantasy la liga you and i need to do a fantasy draft live live (laughs) fantasy draft of a u21 team and we'll see who uh who drafts the better team that'd be bold that'd be bold i like that idea i like that idea starting off the season real good Yeah, and and if like if I win, I don't know. You have to shave your head or something. I will oh, something out. so I'm going out. bold, literally. Yeah. Oh, that, that'd be crazy. Or if, if I win, I have to. Or if you win, I have to. Uh, I have to wear a Nuno Mendes jersey on every podcast for a year. How's that sound? <laughs> well, I well that's that's not it there. Like that's that's something you'd love, mate. <laughs> that's true. Somebody send me that jersey, please, because I would wear it in a heartbeat. <laughs> Love it. So that is the, the best 11 talk. So we're going to go to the Wonder Kids highlights of the week. Yeah. So things that should be mentioned. So you want to start here? Of course. Um, I mean, we have to. We talked about it a little bit, but Vinicius just looks like a different player, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, this trio of Aiden Hazard, Vinicius, and Kareem Benzema under Carlo Ancelotti, they now mm-hmm. officially, not that they even care about this, they have my attention. Um <laughs> They actually, they really deserve a, a lot of credit here. And uh, I mean, Ancelotti has a way of talking up his players and just puffing them up uh, and, and playing to, I wouldn't call it their ego, but they just positive reinforcement. And, uh, and Vinicius just looks like a very, very different player. Uh, he's got, well, he's the second best dribbler in La Liga right now. He's got five goals to assist to start the year. I believe mm-hmm. he's the best in terms of goal involvements, uh, aside from, you know, Erling Holland. Uh, in the top five leagues. Um, and he's already one goal away from last year's tally that he, I think he put six goals in in 49 games last year. He's mm-hmm. got five in like seven this year. So um, he's undroppable. And even Ancelotti has come out and said, this kid is, he's doing things and he has another step he can take. So it's just wonderful to see. And we have to give a little shout out to Real Madrid fans. I don't know how patient they've actually been, but it's been a pretty long road in terms of waiting for him to realize his potential. And I, I hope for their sake that this is consistent and this is like the breakout season for Vinicius. I agree. I agree. And I, I, I would want to start my take with Vinicius is Vinicius Jr. In my opinion, mm-hmm. is the best youngster in La Liga right now. Like okay. Mm-hmm. In form. Okay. Ahead of Pedri. Yes. Ahead of Pedri because Vinicius Wow, what happened this summer? I have no idea, but he's come built different this season. Mm. And I, I think Benzema focusing is focusing a lot of his play on Vinicius too mm-hmm. and giving the responsibility in play of a big player. And I think that affects a lot, that mentality with Vinicius. Yeah. And I, th- I would love if we could see like a special season of like the Amazon Prime with Tottenham. Behind the scenes. I would love to see the behind the scenes at Real Madrid. Because clearly, Carlo Ancelotti is putting, is doing something with Camavinga at Vinicius Jr. The the progress, it's not even the ability. Because the ability, they had them. Carlo Ancelotti is working with the psyche of these two players. 
mentality-wise, Vinicius Jr. and Kamavinga look so different. Like, when they score a goal, it's like they scream. It's like they want it. It's like they're yeah. proving every single doubter. Yeah, see it. So, see it. that's a highlight I had to do there. Vinicius yeah. Jr. And and he's also working that magic with Asensio. I mean, seeing Asensio get that first. Yes. Oof, that was just. Exactly. Nice. So, yeah. it's mentality. You clearly yeah. can see it's all about mentality now at Man United. Uh, Real Madrid. Yeah. Sorry. Man United. There so. we go. Well. <laughs> Well, uh, I'm sure you've got you've got another shout there, but I, I only hope that um that he can mm-hmm. work this magic. And I, I mentioned this just like two minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Rodrigo is another one. Like he's one of the two Brazilians that they brought in, I guess, along with uh, Rainier Jesus, uh, but brought him in for a whole lot of money. And people have been sitting there, you know, fans have been sitting there twiddling their thumbs, waiting for that that outsized moment that they're going to deliver. And Maybe it's happening. It seems mm-hmm. like something something good is brewing on the Real Madrid horizon. We'll see. Yeah, it's that's true. So I'm gonna mention a Portuguese player. Okay. And I, I I'm gonna go bold here. For me, this youngster is a top five under twenty one youngster in Portugal. Okay. And this this is Fabio Vieira at Porto. Okay. Okay. This is I think this is something that I wouldn't be surprised that could happen. Felix leaving Atletico mm-hmm. and Atletico going to get Fabio Vieira to replace him. Okay? Because if you manage to see like the Porto Atletico game, these are two two teams with a very uh, similar style of play, but the way they react when they lose the ball is just very different. Okay? Yeah. So Fabio Vieira is the type of player that he would slot in creativity-wise in a very fast pace in midfield. And Felix would be the final pass. So these are two different areas that I think Atletico wanted to fill, but they didn't fill with Felix. Mm. So I, I, I want to highlight Fabio Vieira, though, because of the hat trick of assists he had against Mureirense. Okay? okay? And it was his first start for Porto. Okay? This is crazy. Okay? A first start, hat trick of assists. It just shows that Porto have so many talents at that academy didn't manage to get the opportunity that they deserved i'm seeing vitinha too okay waiting to see and yeah vitinha and fabio vieira fabio vieira is my big highlight this week okay so well, i'll tell you what that that atletico shout on uh bringing in fabio vieira mm-hmm. essentially they might need it after uh they're, they're gonna have to do some soul searching uh today <laughs> after that loss they lost what i think it was just one zip to probably one of the worst teams in la liga yeah to alaves um, and that brings me to another one, Facundo Polistri. Mm-hmm. You remember when he came in and all, you know, sort of fanfare, right? Before the whole Ahmad Diallo and everything with Manchester United. Can't yes. even really get game time for Alaves. I, 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 I want to see it and I'm, I'm not seeing it right now. Instead, I'm seeing 26-year-old Matt Miazga uh, at center <laughs> back, man, um, which is great. I love seeing him play in, in La Liga. Uh, but yeah, they did not look... Um, did not That's look not their good. best selves today against Alaves. So That's we'll not see. good. That's not good. But I'm going to stay in La Liga here because we're, today, for some reason, we're talking a lot of La, La Liga, and that's okay. Um, I got to bring up Jeremy Pino, which we mentioned during the most expensive 11. Um, but this this kid is like the youngest ever for Villarreal to feature in the Champions League. He's already got a Europe, Europa League that he actually contributed to, Europa League title. He's only 18 years old. He's got a couple goals already this year. And he's got eight goals, four assists since he started playing for them in just like 1,700 minutes played. Um, You know, he's, I'd like to watch him more, but he had a goal and an assist midweek against the teams he should be having a goal, scoring a goal and an assist, registering an assist against, and that's Elche, right? So Jeremy Pino is just, uh, I mean, he's one that I, I can see getting snapped up by a larger La Liga team at some point in the future unless Unai Emery turns him into some giant uh which I don't know if we're gonna see at Villarreal uh but he's just been absolutely phenomenal and every time I look at it I go okay he's probably 21 22 years old the kid's 18 he's 18 years old and he's doing this so uh balling out and I wish I could actually watch him more uh but there's just too much football to watch these days Never too much football, Bretson. I just well, got to cut you there. I'm sorry. There's, we need to petition uh, somebody to put more hours in the day so I can watch all the football. How do we do that? I get you. I get you, though. Uh, so my next mention is 
Daniel Maldini. Okay, right. yeah, you heard it, Maldini. He had his first star for AC Milan, and what did he do? He managed to score. Okay, interesting fact over here: he, Daniel Maldini scored 13 after 13 years after his dad scored his last city, uh, goal for AC Milan, and 60 years after his granddad scored. His last goal for AC Milan. So Maldini's name is in football heritage. And oh, yeah. look, I, I saw the game and that was I, I saw the first half of the game and that game was bonkers, okay? Everything was happening in it. Yeah. Okay, so like I don't know. It's it's a, a very good very good pick in my opinion to put him in playing right now. Yeah. Because for Maldini, like I I thought he was gonna go out on loan, but if he's staying, he should be playing. I, so. I agree with you there. I was very surprised to see him get the start today and, and uh, he rewarded them with his, with a goal. And uh, I think it was all U 23s that uh, scored both goals and assisted both goals for uh, AC Milan and their comeback win. Um, and uh, that's another one we got to throw out to go back to La Liga. If you're going to name uh, Daniel Maldini, <laughs> Brahim Diaz, right? Former Manchester city, former Real Madrid kid. Uh, he's just, killing it for Milan this season. Uh, I think he's already got four goals, maybe even five. Um, so it's great to see Milan starting to build around um, the future and, uh, and, and give opportunities uh, to a guy like Maldini and a guy like Brahim. So there you go. There you, go. you got any other pick in the water kids highlights? I mean, I got, I got one more here. I was going to bring up, everybody just needs to go out, search Sergei Pinyayov. I don't know how many Russians we have on here. So <laughs> uh, that, that listened to us, but I, I've been watching him since he was, and I'm going to botch the name, but I've been watching him since he was in the second division with uh, Chernatovo. And he has since made a move to the premier premier Liga uh, with, I believe it's with Samara. And he scored two goals in cup play last week. And the kid is 16 years old. Okay. Uh, and he did that only a couple days after registering his first premier league assist. So he's starting to kind of gain steam. You'll probably, I think he had another sub appearance today, no goals or assists, but you know, an attacking mid slash winger, you're going to want to just watch him. Okay. He's diminutive. He's not like a big guy, but very technical, a lot of fun to watch. Um, and from a place that we don't all normally talk about here, uh, so mainly because of, I, I guess, because of the language, um, but, uh, <laughs> really, honest, yeah, I don't know too much about him. So yeah. you're, you're like teaching me about him. So I, I'm Good. loving to, I'm loving it. Well, he awesome. was playing regularly last year as a 15 year old and okay. it, it's, it's fun to watch those, those types of, you know, you see some of them fizzle out and then you see some of them turn into Christian Pulisic or, uh, Florian Burks, right? So uh, I, I hope that that continues for him because Russia needs another golden generation. And they've got some really good parts, um, not just in Penyeyev, but also in, you know, Arsene Zarkarian. Um, and uh, I'm forgetting the other guy that's also on that squad. Oh, man, he's a striker and he's very good. And I, I, I can't remember his name right now. But the one I really was going to mention, and I mentioned him last week, and he's a much older than this 16-year-old, it's Victor Osimhen. Okay, who has turned into the guy for Napoli. First off, Napoli looks unbeatable in Syria this year. They play attractive football, and uh, Osimhen has five goals in his last three games. And I just love one of these stories. It's like what people want to see Nicolas Pepe turn into for Arsenal, right? They both happen to have their origin story at Lille. But Osimhen has this massive $70 million euro price tag put on his back, right? He goes to Syria. Everybody expects day one fireworks, goals galore, him basically bossing people around. It doesn't happen. He needs the transition. He has a couple injuries. He gets through that. And now he is really starting to play like uh, somebody that could help them win their first Serie A title in like 30 years. It was the big money, though. It was the big money with, with Osime. Like, it was. It was 70, right? 70 million, yeah. I know he just to fight in an international level, I think, which yeah. he's very, he was very good for Nigeria, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. But uh, it's, it's bold when you're paying 70 million, like, but Napoli fans are sure happy now. So we can't, we can't go against that. No, no, we can't. So if there's any wonder kid that you feel like should have been highlighted, 
please go to the comment section and go comment and tell us why, okay? Because we please. love to know the reasons why. Yeah. So, next topic and final topic is the World Cup talk. Yeah. So, I was on Twitter like three days ago and I was saying, <laughs> people talking about every two years having a World Cup. Oof. Okay, and I was saying, first, my first... My first opinion is, this is way too bold. This is way too bold. But, and I thought, mm, let me see. This is a good talk for the pot. So let's get sure. to it. Well, you know, if it's, <laughs> it's too bold for you, Alex, that's saying something. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is just one of those things that if you, if you think about it right away, right? If mm -hmm. you just react to it right away, immediately my blood boils, Okay. My blood boils because I, you know, there's so many, there are positives to it and we'll go through them. But right away I go, it's going to water down the World Cup. The World Cup will not mean as much as it seemingly means right now to us. And I, I don't know if anything we say beyond that will ever get me past that point number one. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know. I mean, how do you feel? If you That's had it every two years... Would it mean That's fair things? enough. It would yeah. it would become more saturated. That is fair enough. Yeah. But we need to see too, like football is in a very fragile state. Sure. And financially, having a two years is the world would be united watching football every two years. Yep. So, ah, uh, but my big no no for this, personally, because I love club football, yep. is injuries. Okay. Of course. I think we would exceed, okay, physically, like the needs that these players, the needs would far exceed, okay? Because yeah. right now, we are just not ready, okay? It would be too many matches in such a short period of time. Yeah. And your first point, you rocked with that one. And that that's my opinion too. No World Cup for every two years because it would become more saturated. Sure. But... And yeah. The person who did, was doing the ideas, Arsene Wenger, football's world's chief in development, okay? Yep. He's got one point that I very, very, lo I love it. I love it. And it's having, in one month, the qualifiers. Nobody in football wants to see now uh, the national team. Nobody. Everybody wants to see club football next week at the end of, the, at the end of this month. And we're going to see the national teams. And I'm telling you, if you were, if you, if you managed to do a survey at football fans, if we do a survey worldwide, okay, people would say we would prefer one month all the qualifying games. It's just more interesting. And it just keeps everyone entertained in that one competition. So, yeah. yeah. And there are ways to do that. I mean, if you, so if you take the Euros, mm -hmm. right? which would have to move to a different year if you're having a World Cup every two years, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you could make that the qualifying tournament in some ways, right? But I think there's also a difference here because in, in the U.S., which I know is, first off, let's, let's be honest. This is a money grab. It's a clear mm -hmm. money grab. It should be a money grab because if you, um, okay, if even 50% of the money, and that's probably too high, mm -hmm. but even, if even 50% of the money goes towards grassroots football, Oh. And you go to all different world, you know, all different sides of the planet and start to build the game. That is the stated, it is the stated goal of FIFA. So money grab makes sense. And, and I'll be very honest too. If, if the World Cup happened every two years, I'm not boycotting the World Cup. I'm watching it. I'm going to mm -hmm. be there. I'm going to buy stuff. I'll buy those little panini stickers. I'll, you know, we know <laughs> we're, we're all football starved individuals. Um, yeah. But what it will do, and, and the world has changed. Is there are now what 210 215 countries and there's only i think ever only like 20 percent of the world has actually taken part in a world cup okay um now do i really want to see the maldives get crushed 16-0 by portugal in the world cup no i don't but but ultimately um we are moving to a more globalized world Yes. And a world that, uh, okay, all of Europe essentially watches football. All of South America essentially watches football. A lot of Africa watches football. But where is a lot of the money now? Far Asia. East, Middle East, North America. Oh, right? and Asia. 
And, oh, and well, yeah, Far East. Asia is the biggest market. Exactly. That's what I mean by Far East. Sorry. Oh, I mean, sorry, like, sorry. I meant to, oh, totally. You're absolutely okay. right there. Um, so all of that money there, we don't, there, there aren't great teams coming from there. Japan, South Korea, you know, mm-hmm. sort of Iran every once in a while has a very good team, mm-hmm. um, you know, and over here, the U.S., there's competition for eyeballs, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of money. And there are a lot of my friends love to watch the U.S. men's national team and only watch Euros. They do not support yeah. really the domestic league whatsoever. Okay. So mm-hmm. there, there's so much room to grow. And, and I'm looking at that and saying, okay, that's a positive this, because if they're going to watch the U S men's national team every two years, there's a good chance, you know, you're going to get them eventually to trickle down into other things that they want to watch. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'm again, oh. it never trumps the point of watering down world's cup. Just imagine it's, it, <laughs> it, this was all based apparently, and I'm sorry to keep talking on this, but I thought about this a lot because, you know, you made me do it. Uh, I thought about this a lot and it's all based on some FIFA commission survey that mm-hmm. said, well, based on this survey, you know, uh, more people would rather watch the World Cup every two years. That's literally like big oil companies saying every, you know, we issued this survey and everybody says that oil is clean. That is the clean energy of the future, right? Of course, FIFA wants it every two years. Um, but I'm, I'm skeptical of all that because I guarantee if we polled our listeners who are diehards for the most part, I'm pretty sure everybody would be in the same camp as us. Not two years. <laughs> Wasn't there a whole documentary on Netflix about the oil? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, that, that says it all. But I'll be honest, China and the U.S., in 10 years' time, will be having a much different conversation. And, like, this is a bold prediction that we could take out of this tape of episode 23. Uh, China might win a World Cup with the investment that they're doing in 20 to 30 years' time. That is not too bold to say. So, I believe in it. And a big reason why, too, a lot of uh, fans don't support clubs locally too much mm-hmm. is because the Premier League is so well advertised in Asia that people are growing up not to become Shanghai Shenhua fans, but right. Man United or Liverpool fans. So good job, Premier League, because they've been investing in the Asian market real soon since Ferguson was at, uh, 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 at Man United with Ronald. Yeah. So good on them. But I, I wanted to point out the person who was doing all this. So Arsene Wenger. So I feel like just the fact that we have someone thinking about these possibilities at the world's highest level, I, I'll be honest, I'm very happy. Because Arsene Wenger, in my opinion, is a top five manager of all time in any list. For me, he changed the Premier League and, and how people had to think outside the football pitch because conditioning training he changed everything even nutrition Arsene Wenger had had a stance in England uh, and the fact that now he's helping the world football development in general personally I love it okay so I am not a big fan of the idea but I do <laughs> but I do admire how we have someone in front like Arsene Wenger yeah. leading the way and seeing how we can improve the game fair enough i mean but you could also say he's kind of sneaking his uh reputation on this this idea um and he's he he believes his defense is saying that this in turn makes football better clearer simpler and more meaningful and we have to kind of revisit that first thing it, from, a com- meaning, from yeah. a competition perspective, yeah. uh, you know, it's like winning a gold medal every two years. That doesn't, it doesn't resonate as much as it does every four years. And you want something that you really build up excitement for, but we are, we are in a very fast world in a very exactly. fast globalized society. And let's be honest, a lot of our followers are on TikTok, where most of it's 10 to 60 seconds long, right? We're not yeah. out there watching full documentaries on big oil. We're watching little snippets and okay. Every two years, maybe that does make a little bit of sense, but we have one big change coming up by 2026. And that big change is inviting 12 more teams. Well, yeah, 12 more teams. No, 14 more teams. Uh, 
Okay, yeah. more teams. <laughs> more teams. There will be 48 teams at the next at the 2026 World Cup in the US, Mexico, and Canada. Okay. That alone is a massive, massive change because we're gonna see if the competition, you know, if it turns into seven zero games or or these are really, you know, uh cream of the crop isn't so much better than that middle rung. Uh, that whatever so there's so many changes already happening that you're going to hit us with a super league squash for now and a two-year world cup i i, I can't take it i can't I get you I, and we don't I, like I, change. I, we don't like change so i agree with your points just like the champions league i would stick the world cup like it is but i would put those one month qualifiers yeah so if there's anything that you guys think should have been said in this world cup talk please put down below in the comment section. And yeah, I think that's that wraps up FC Wonder Kid episode 23. If you have any topics that you think should have been mentioned in this pod, please put in the comment section down below. And if you want to help out the channel, please go subscribe and like the video. Liking the video is a huge help in the algorithm. And yeah, just go smash it. And yeah, love it. I appreciate it. Yeah. And this was a fun one, Alex. I think when we start doing these lives in the future, this is the type of thing you can open up. Um, as long as we all agree to be civil about it, uh, it'd, be, it'd be fun to have conversations with our with with people that watch us. Um, it's good. About- it for sure happened. Like the uh, like we're for sure going to listen to you guys. And yeah, it's going to be very good. The lives are closer than ever. OK, yeah. so if you could go follow the Twitch, too. That'd be a huge help because it's coming soon. So FC Wonder Kid episode 23, guys. So peace Signing out. off. <laughs>